All right, guys, before we begin, I would like to give a very necessary disclaimer. Um, if you're not old enough to watch Harley Quinn or you're offended by sharp curse words or crude humor, avert your ears. Maybe check out our regular DC Comics News podcast where the humor is wholesome and all of our content is much more PG. So with that out of the way, hello, Arkham inmates, Legion of Doomers, assorted superheroes. This is Mad Love, the Harley Quinn podcast, episode two. Three, two, one. And I'm your host, Kelly Gaines, here with my mischievous band of co-hosts. We have Brad Billicky. Brad, say hello. Hello, everyone. And Seth Singleton. Seth? I'm here, but I have dark thoughts. I'll keep them to myself. Hello. <laughs> Death with dark thoughts. That's interesting. <laughs> um, Good evening, citizens. <laughs> and we also have a brand new member of the team, proud Harley Quinn reviewer for our sister site, Dark Knight News, Kendra Hale. How are you, Kendra? I'm good, thank you. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome to the madness. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hi, Kendra. And um, so today we're talking about um, the second episode of season one of Harley Quinn. It's called A High Bar. And in this episode, we see Harley pretty immediately post-breakup crash a bar mitzvah. Um, So right off the bat, guys, who is your favorite character of the episode? Oh, for me, it's a tie between Bane and Kite Man. I like them both. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think kite man he is he has like all of the misguided enthusiasm of a a college freshman boy is the just the the vibe i get off of him (laughs) you can't help but like exactly that's what you think (laughs) oh bane is tragic tragic bane tragic lovable bane actually i jumped right to seth because i'm used to jumping to seth but kendra well, who is your favorite? I think my favorite, the first couple episodes, and especially this one, would have to be uh, Poison Ivy, hands down. Nice. Yeah, she is the friend everyone needs in a bad breakup. <laughs> and Seth, what about you? Yeah, when it comes to me, I'm looking at a three-way tie between Bane, Miss... Uh, Miss Cobblepot, to be honest, and Kiteman, um, because there's just something about the way she comes over and says, girls, girls, can we put a little sugar on that salty language? <laughs> okay, Mrs. Cobblepot, okay, sorry, never again. Like, that was that was tantamount to just pure comedic brilliance, just lovely stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm okay with my three-way, especially given the show I'm on. <laughs> Wait, and did you guys have, when you were kids, did you have, like, a fake voice that you used for other people's parents because I definitely did like the way Poison Ivy's voice just high pitches itself and she's like oh yeah sorry <laughs> no but fake I voice me <laughs> always in okay. fact I, I was known for having something of an angelic smile as a child so I had a few friends who would be like you apologize my mom can never get mad at you and I'd be like hi I am so so heartfelt in my 
just absolute <laughs> sorrow, plumbing the depths. I I really feel like I've brought shame upon us all. And it would be like, oh, you poor. And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. The Academy goes to. All right. Now we know if we ever have to apologize to Josh for something, Seth, you're the you're the apology voice guy. Oh, and Steve, what was so everyone in the show, who was your favorite this episode? Well, I have to echo Seth with Mama Cobblepot because we all have one of those wonderful ladies in our family somewhere. But honestly, I'm torn again, like Brad said, between Tom Hardley, I mean, Bane, <laughs> and um, our lovely friend, Hell Yeah, Kite Man. What, what a pair. Um, amazing. I, I, from this episode onwards, I was in love with both of them. Superb. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think I, I've already told you guys, Bane is my favorite. I just, I, he's just so adorable. And in every episode of this show, he says something that it's like, oh, this, this cute, adorable terrorist. He's like, <laughs> he's going to blow up everything. And what's terrifying is that I'm kind of rooting for him, like a little bit. <laughs> Just give me one. He literally one. is wanting to blow up everything, isn't he? I'm going to blow up this yeah, body. I, yeah, I'm going to blow up the stadium. I, yeah, I love that. I'm going to blow up Gotham Stadium. I'm going to blow up this body. That's well. <laughs> and I actually have a request for this episode. It's just, it's one of the small things I'm going to ask this time around. And for any and all who are game, um, go for it. But can I, can I make this request and see who's willing to take up the challenge? Uh-oh. Definitely. Who is willing to try their Bane impression oh, God, no. right now? <laughs> <laughs> I vote for Steve. <laughs> he has such a lovely voice. <laughs> well, see, I, if I had a few drinks, I could probably do a decent one. <laughs> it's a very throwing no, we are not. No, I'm. I'm not willing. No, not at. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So uh, it's homework for next time. Everybody, work on your brain impressions. Bring oh, back a good <laughs> So, and actually, I think one of the things I always forget is in this episode, and when I see it, it's like, wow, they they re- Joker really did that, but they they blow up Howie Mandel. He's he's gone. <laughs> in this universe um just as a, a caddy repercussion of the joker and harley quinn's breakup um if it, i would just for the group brad if you had a specific tv host that the joker would have to blow up to get to you would it be howie mandel who would it be oh man I'm trying to think of a tv host now are you thinking in terms of a tv host i don't like or one that i would not want to see blown up um, oh, no, hmm. you'd be devastated. Uh, man, probably Stephen Colbert or Trevor Noah at this point. <laughs> I mean, they're hosts of sort. Very true, very true. Kendra, what about you? I don't know why, but Meredith Vera pops in my head. The, the <laughs> lady who used to be the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't know why, though. <laughs> That would be who I would want on there if we're going to go with, like, innocent cinnamon roll characters. <laughs> My question is, would she still be kind of calm and stern when it, like, just that? I think she'd, know. like, randomly come out out of left field with, can I call a friend? 
in the middle of the episode. That that is that's like a superpower at that point. <laughs> that's what about you? Um, you know, it, I'm gonna have to say it. If if he had John Stewart, I would get on the phone in about 10 seconds. John Stewart's not hosting right now, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> if I had to be worried about a host. John Stewart, you know, like he could do a comeback, kind of like I've seen a couple guys do on like Netflix or something. And then suddenly there's Joker, like, you know, I've got John, there's John, like Seth, Seth, I don't even know who the hell you are, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know you, but this man will kill me, please. And that would be the moment that I would lose my shit and go, oh, my God, we will lose a national treasure at this very moment, at, at this moment. So John Stewart, my friend, if you're out there and listening, which... Please, if you are, let us know, because I, I I would enjoy that affirmation. But should you ever find yourself at the uh, clutches of a nefarious villain or even a psychotic madman, I would do just about anything for you, John. Um, and my wife might hear this, and I'm okay with that. In fact, anybody else who hears it, my you know undying love for John Stewart is stated here, now, and forever. Um, but you know, there's other people on this show too. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that very lovely note, Steve, who would you who would you need to save? But but John Stewart would be safe. He just use his power ring, and he'll be well away, and nothing could touch him. He'd just say, "Brightest day in blackest night." Um, um, Comic book John, John Stewart, Stewart, I'm not worried about. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's gonna be just fine. We've got an he'll ex-military. Be fine, <laughs> absolutely. Um, see, I'm at a disadvantage because over here we don't have the same hosts on our shows that you do. But one I do think we do share, and this is actually one I would like to hand over to the Joker, would be Jeremy Kyle, and. The reason for that is because he is the worst kind of scumbag journalist who only gets people on for sensationalism and to show how evil and um, horrible they are. So he gets my vote. Do do you have him over there or is is he no longer anywhere? Because obviously his show got cancelled here because someone had decided to kill themselves after he ridiculed them on TV. So, ouch. No, I I don't think. Yeah. In that case, Piers Morgan, you definitely know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I can oh. say he's on the show. Fuck him. <laughs> With Harley's baseball bat. <laughs> oh lord. See, I, see, now you have me thinking of hosts that I I don't like, and I would gladly feed to him. Although, if for someone I would save, I'm thinking back to like 1990s Bob Saget and America's Funniest Home Video. <laughs> That's that's who I would say. Bob Saget, he's still, yeah, he's still doing things. He's still out there. That or Jeff Goldblum's been hosting some great stuff for uh, Disney oh, yeah. Plus. So Jeff Goldblum, too. In either case, Joker's done some kind of crazy stuff to get back at Harley since the breakup. And so far, the craziest thing Harley's done besides, you know, beating up half a dozen goons would be crashing a bar mitzvah with a very particular exotic animal that I'm sure if you guys have been watching some Netflix, you know, top 10 shows lately, we've all learned a lot about tigers Ooh. recently. <laughs> um, what uh, Does anyone have a, a solid takeaway from that entrance? Is there another animal that would fit better, Brad? These days, no. I think that the tiger, <laughs> the tiger was perfect. 
uh, you know, especially rewatching the episode, I was like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is that is definitely of the moment right now for sure. <laughs> right. And the Joker says anyone can buy a tiger, and I'm like, I now know that that's true. It, it's yeah. only two brands. <laughs> I it's been on my bucket list to play with a tiger or lion cub and after watching Tiger King I didn't realize one that it would be that it could be so easy and two that it could be so unethical so I think I'm going to have to rethink this <laughs> yeah yeah that's the unfortunate part it's they look adorable they look like big little cats but then you know there's there's the ethics part and there's the getting your arms and legs mauled off by yeah wild creature part. <laughs> Kendra, what about you? What would be your big entrance animal? I mean, I, I miss Bud and Lou. I would have I died if she came in with the two hyenas, but oh, either yeah. way, she, that, that bar mitzvah feeling herself before she knew what it was that she was getting into. <laughs> like, she came in there like nobody, nobody's business. Nobody could tear her down until she realized exactly where it was that she, she had entered. Like walking in the sequin tops, top to a Chuck E. Cheese, like you just wrong. wrong. <laughs> God, that, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that would have been the perfect entrance for, uh, like in the Birds of Prey movie, where we see that whole nightclub and all that, um, the black mask owns. That would have been the entrance of a tiger at. But sadly, this is Joshua's bar mitzvah, which, I mean, congratulations, he's becoming a man, but also <laughs> not the place. Seth, what about you? What, what animal do you think? You know, I was tossing around a couple of ideas really quickly, and it just struck me at that moment. Koala. <laughs> I want to see her walking in, carry a koala on one arm, Ooh. and do the same swashay. And then as she does, the koala also wearing sunglasses, like do the same sort of like glamour look, right? But then I want to see teeth and claws. Like, that's right, I'm cute, but I'll fuck you up. Because koalas, <laughs> everybody goes with cute. Nobody talks about the, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, koala bear. Think about <laughs> it. Think about it. Okay, you're with me. All right, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Oh, koalas, and they're also carriers of chlamydia. So, um, listen, be careful who you're fin banging, uh, finger banging at the summer camp, especially if you've got a koala <laughs> with you, because that could be absolutely <laughs> deadly. Um, ouch. Yes, um, for me, and this is just the way my brain works, the animal I would have to take in with me would be not a, but the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> love that guy and how psychic are the uh, harley quinn writers that they foresaw tiger king months ago when this yeah. show first aired geniuses i tell you geniuses what about you Kelly? i there's a little part of me that feels like some someone on that writing staff had at some point in time met or seen coverage of i i don't even remember his name apart from the dude with the mullet and all the tigers but they have to have seen him and just known, like, this is the thing you do when you're crazy and you're about to do something crazy. I don't know. I mean, a tiger is a good one. I personally, I would love to have a wolf. Although I could also see the whole, like, Britney Spears python thing being really cool, too. It, snakes weren't terrible. But, yeah, I don't, I, wolf. I'm going to go with wolf. That's, that is the one. 
Good answer. I used to yeah. be a werewolf, but I'm all right now. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do they even fix something like that? Is that is there a new? I'm, God, what is it? Cure besides <laughs> silver bullet. Um, tea. <laughs> you know. <laughs> The thing that kills me about this is the fact that I I was not aware of Tiger King before, you know, seeing the first season. And I'm fully aware of the fact that the thing that I immediately was drawn to was, wow, doesn't Mike Tyson have one of those and the guys steal it and hang over? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought they were paying a little homage to that um, because – this is where I can out myself. I still haven't seen Tiger King. My wife keep and I keep looking at you like, are we going to pull the trigger on this or what? Like, is it just fucking happening? But both of us just have kind of been like, no, we're just, I don't know. There's like a wave of media hype and we're either in front of it or behind it, but we're not currently on it. I, I yeah. What can I say? Hangovers where I went to, especially given the mentality of the show. I will yeah, say, I don't need a Tiger King. Now. If that draws you in, they brought in a brand new episode. Did oh. they really? Oh, yeah. yeah they, did, it's, <laughs> they It's really weird because it's not anything to do with like the, the way that they did it with the reality show feel. It's literally a guy from the 90s who I can't place doing interviews with some of the cast from the show. And that's what they gave us was yeah. like, like three or four days ago. Yeah, Joel McHale. And, uh, oh wow, soup. Yeah, but it's it, it, it's very awkward because you know because it's still the social distancing thing. So it's like phoned in interviews. So there's no laugh track or anything like that. So jokes kind of fall flat, and the interviews are really bizarre. It's worth watching, but it is it is very awkward. <laughs> so to That's those of you who've actually watched Tiger King, I just have to ask you one question. Is it great? <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I, you walk away in a stunned silence. Yeah. <laughs> That's my takeaway. Just what in the world is happening? If I didn't live in the U.S., I would be like, what is wrong with that country? Yeah. All, all you know is that Carol Baskins did it. That's it. That's yeah. what you walk away with. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> well, she, she had all the ice cream. What? Oh, collaborate with Robin. Available. I like it. I like <laughs> it. What a twisted thing. Carol Baskins. <laughs> that's that that my whole takeaway from the show. That's all you need to know, Seth. Just Carol Baskins. Carol Baskins. Okay. Carol Baskins. <laughs> and Ezekiel is the true Tiger King anyway. King Ezekiel forever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was I'm a meme back that into, said, uh, <laughs> "Sorry." Into the whole the whole tiger crashing bar mitzvah stick, essentially. So it's I mean, I'm always really impressed that Harley walks in and actually has the Legion of Doom going for a second until the Joker comes in and messes everything up because they have to act cool. I mean, what like what? Where did you guys land on that? Did you think they're kind of putting it putting on a front just to be, I don't know, Joker's? boys essentially brad what do you think i think uh it's joker's reputation precedes him uh one of the things and i think i mentioned this last week one of the things that i like about 
the cartoon so much is Joker to me is one of the the, the least interesting characters, uh, and kind of one of in in a lot of ways one of the weakest characters. Whereas in comics and in movies and things like that, Joker is like the apex and you know very charismatic. And this is just not that type of Joker. He's very insecure, um, but he still has that that kind of reputation that precedes him. So people kind of fall in line. Sure. Mm. That's interesting. So he's basically the undeservedly pompous asshole. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kendra, what about you? Do you how how was what is your impression of Legion of Doom after seeing this episode? The guys that make up the Legion of Doom, at least the core ones that they give us, I mean, they're they're this mismatched hodgepodge of people. They're like the island of misfit toys that, you know, became a, a democracy. And it doesn't matter whether Joker is a jerk to them or he's an asshole to them, because you see that several times. They still stand his back, even though there are sometimes where you'll see like Bane, he he starts to stand up for himself a little bit because they'll see the light that Harley kind of shines. But overall, it's just it's a boys' club. They close ranks, and it's just it's misguided. I like what he said when he was talking about how uh, how they they kind of follow Joker based on this misconception that he is the be all end all of what a villain should be. But I do like that you get to see his hard fall in this one. Yeah. Nice. Actually, with Bane standing up for himself, that is like, <laughs> I rooted for him so hard when he's like, you you didn't even want to come to this stupid thing, and you took my beef, and clearly I wanted the beef. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Bane> is, <laughs> right, Joker, Joker sits there, and he's like, my chicken's rubbery. Here, let me take yours. And then Bane's like, well, all right, we'll trade. And then he's, <laughs> he's just like, no, it's mine too. I might want it later. And then you just hear the depression in Bane's voice, and he's just like, but I kind of wanted that. That's, see, so I think really think this is why Bane is blowing things up so much. He, it's, it's this repressed need to just be noticed. <laughs> he just wants love. That's all he wants is to love. Well, I hope, I hope somewhere deep down he knows that we love him, that he's managed to, <laughs> by some miracle, be the breakout star of this show. <laughs> What about you, Seth? Where's where's your your Le- Legion of Doom opinion at this point? It's it's fairly confident that these are guys who you know are scary in their own right, but they recognize like I love that old quote: "What do the bad guys? What do the villains do when they want to scare themselves? They tell Joker stories." Like, sure, Harley comes in smooth. I mean, I mean, she gets everybody going. She gets Bane. Why? Um, there's something about Bane where I swear to God now, whenever somebody tells me something I don't want to hear, I just want to respond with, why? Why? <laughs> it's just so easy to, like, just go into that. <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, at the very beginning when he's like, your idle gossip distracts me. You're, like, there's a part of me that just sort of, dives into that but the way she came in smooth like just sort of like hey what's going on i like how everybody's looking you know and then two faces like yeah hey we haven't seen you in a while where you been she's like on your left side where you can't see shit um you know and she just she's got that really great give and play where she's totally you know like hey i know how to work it and not only that 
But there's something about the crazy guy's crazy partner, guy or girl, it doesn't matter. But when you got someone as as twisted as the Joker, and then you got the person who was with them, like in a love, not so healthy, gross, oh my God relationship. I mean, you know, it's like for a moment, it's this is probably wrong of me, but I thought of like, you know, Kurt Cobain was like an amazing musician and Courtney Love scared the shit out of people. At least it was my opinion as I was coming up. Like, you know, you love this genius. She scared you. Well, imagine if instead you've got crazy guy and the crazy partner. Like there's something horrifying to them as well about her until the really scary guy, Joker, walks in. So up until that moment, she's got it. She's got banter. She's got quip. She could have worked it until Joker showed up because – Nobody scares the shit out of them like Joker. Like, just nobody does. You can just see the look on their face like, oh, God, is he boiling someone I love right now just because I'm at this table talking to her? Oh, sweet God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, that's just, you know, for me, I suddenly was going all the way back to a revenge sequence with a pot and a, and a, a bunny. And, well, you just shouldn't make some people angry. But... There's that fear. You could just see like, yeah, she she's got the play and she's cool and she's crazy and she's his crazy. But then when the real crazy guy shows up, that's who scares you. That's who you snap in line for. And they're so used to being bullied by him. It's just like, you know, as soon as the alpha walks in the room, the other dogs just tuck their tails and start, you know, show the belly, show the belly, submit, submit. Don't hurt me. <laughs> that was my take. That's that, that is. Yeah, and I lo- I actually love that uh that image that like a, a dog rolling on their back like show my stomach I'm good I'm fine we're cool <laughs> we exactly good bro this is the room of the most terrifying villains in Gotham and they're you know oh yeah you can have, you can have my chicken you can have the beef you can have whatever you want that's messed up Steve what do you think <laughs> it's really cool because they don't take away from the Joker scare factor and everyone knows he's crazy anyone knows he can turn on a diamond and possibly kill them all but i like the way they pull him down a peg or two as well and the way harley and ivy walk in with the tiger they just own the room and watching it again is now when i realize that ivy is awesome from the get-go the way she actually takes out the legion more than harley ever does and the plants come up and they're terrifying and she can actually feed all of these fuckers to to frank if she wanted to and 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 he just um use their bones to pick his teeth it it would be incredible so i honestly think the legion of doom are great and the characters and the voices they've picked to play them are amazing but if anyone's a force to be reckoned with it's harley and ivy you go girls oh (laughs) They're, they're my legion of doom what about you kelly yeah i i think again it's just stunning to to think of these are these are the characters that at one point or another we've read a story or seen a movie where they are the big thing they're the scary terrifying monster and the fact that they're all sitting around this little table at a bar mitzvah just kind of saying oh yeah, yes sure whatever to the the king of the I mean, I've called him a frat boy in the last episode. So the king of the frat or whatever it is that they call it um, is it's such an interesting way to look at it. And it doesn't feel like um, it, it doesn't feel clunkily written in the sense that it's subtle. You you realize kind of slowly throughout the course of the show and at, at this point by this episode, even though it's only episode two, that the whole dynamic in the Legion of Doom is 
shitty and stupid and not, you know, it's it's not necessarily a healthy work relationship for, I, I'm talking about like healthy work-life balance with the Legion of Doom, but it's not necessarily a healthy work relationship for anyone who's around the Joker. I mean, from his girlfriend to his henchmen to his colleagues, he's just a jerk. Like, he's just terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making the claim for a toxic so workplace wrong. environment. <laughs> right? If there was an HR at Legion of Doom, which apparently there is because Bane went, goes to them, which yes. we'll see in a couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Their HR department is not doing enough, I think. That's, that's the moral of the story. Here. Let's be honest here as well, though, that the Legion of Doom is a group of men. And I, I'm sorry, boys, but I have to say it because it's true. Men can't organize shit. One guy by himself is intelligent. Two guys together, they start getting silly. And it gets more and more exponential. The more men you add to the room, we all turn into children. We all start play fighting with each other and telling stupid jokes and being generally uh, teenage dickheads. And these are teenage dickheads with superpowers and complexes and criminal (laughs) insanity and everything else that goes with it. Um, Harley and Ivy are going to wipe the floor with all of them. Sorry, boys, but those are the facts. (laughs) You don't see a lot of stable guys dressing up as a scarecrow. I'll go ahead and admit to that. Yeah, I'll come to that. Like, yeah, you know, it it takes a certain sort of mentality. So, no, these are are not the the right old you know, set on their ways, uh, lads. They're they're just a bit well insecure to begin with, and then you gave them powers, and then you put them all together, and then exactly shit show. I mean, and that just reminded me. I had a friend in high school who used to wear a chicken suit just for fun, and I I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> in either case, yeah, Harley and Ivy are. I know what happened to him, Kelly. I know what happened to him. He saw someone else in a chicken suit and they ran at each other full tilt, but no one veered off. So they crashed into each other and they both did. (laughs) Tragic case of chicken. (laughs) Oh, God, he was a terrible runner, too. Poor guy. But um, I'm scared to think of what the inside of that chicken suit would smell like. I mean, there's (laughs) got to be a funk at some point. I don't care if it's rubber, cloth, vinyl. There's there's going to be some some human you know, presence left behind. <laughs> you have those yellow chicken Thanks, suits yeah. that were a thing. It was one of those, those real fluffy yellow ones that you would see like, I don't know, I feel like I've seen it in an old wedding video of one of my parents' friends that they they did the chicken dance and someone actually came out in this like yellow and red chicken suit. <laughs> but it was one of those. I want to see a video of that wedding. God damn it. I go to the wrong weddings all the fucking time. You got to be kidding me with that shit. A chicken suit at a wedding? What? Who? All right. Um, I it need had to have been a favor. <laughs> Kel, I just need to be your plus one to one of these events. I don't give a shit how we do it, but... <laughs> God damn it, I'm bringing a video camera. This is happening. Chicken. You know what, Kelly? You're the only one who can bring us back on track whenever you want to do it. But right now, we're going at chicken suits. So, word. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. 
Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. That's amazing. Alright, so we've gotten past the tigers and the chickens. Moving on into the other kind of terrifying animal, young teenage boys. Uh, Poison Ivy has a terrible night. (laughs) She has a terrible night in most of these episodes, but she has a particularly terrible night in this episode, thanks to Kite Man. Um, Hell yeah. (laughs) On on a whole, who gives a strange liquid to a bunch of strangers' children for fun? (laughs) Uh, I mean, Brad, what is, how do you defend Kite Man? How, how does Kite Man bleed? <laughs> I think that maybe that was his low point. <laughs> I think he's redeemed himself since then, but it was like a long build back up. <laughs> I don't think you can really defend. <laughs> Kendra, what about you? I was going to say, I think his low point is when he, he's just like naked in their apartment. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, given given her love potion to some preteens is not the best of ideas ever. <laughs> this man does not know how to. It, the fact that he thought it was a date in the first, you know, in the first place is insane. But then to think, all right, so you see a woman at a bar mitzvah and feed a bunch of children some liquid you got off of her just. I don't know, to be romantic, go back to her apartment to save those children and then 
get naked because this is a date and clearly you're going to have sex. Everything <laughs> about his logic. I, I stand by my statement earlier that this is the this is what it was like being a freshman in college. Just misguided enthusiasm. You're so excited to go, but you don't know where you're going. But he makes her character so much better. Like, I know this is a little bit of a segue, but I love the interactions with her and Kite Man because Ivy, like Belle, bless her heart, she has done things that you would never see in any other realm aside from the Harley Quinn animated universe. Because for her, I mean, it's a drinking game. How many times she's going to say, for fuck's sake, calling out her co Oh, yes. Mm. (laughs) That might be a game we all have to play. That or how many times Arlie breaks something with a bat. Those are the drinking games. <laughs> Starting with the big screen TV. TV. Either. Yeah, that poor TV. <laughs> and that phone. And yeah, right? <laughs> she smashes everything that pisses her off, which I, I see where the, the attraction for Joker was, at least. But I mean, and actually, I think my favorite part of this episode is you know ivy saying all right so so what are you doing what are we gonna do and harley's like you know i i just logged into joker's calendar and she's like okay we're off the rails i I think everyone has been that friend watching someone go through a breakup and we've also been the crazy too but i am i'm off kilter seth do you defend kite man this is order in the court. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Um, we all mispronounced idiot. Um, it's it's genius is what we were all meaning to say. We, we just mispronounced it, which has to be one of my favorite responses by him when she's like, you idiot. And he's like, uh, you mispronounced genius. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I can defend Kite Man because of what Kendra just so artfully laid out, which was brilliant. I mean, I I think, you know, unfortunately, yes, Kelly, he does have the enthusiasm, but clearly this is not something he's, you know, a stranger to. Uh, take the girl's strange liquid, poison some kids, or, you know, make them in love with her, whatever, poison. And uh, and then afterwards, go to the antidote, and then while there, seduce the woman at your place, which maybe either worked or never worked and he just keeps trying i don't know but this all felt like his sort of you know hey gonna make a big mess then the girl's gotta help me out and then yeah and it it didn't play out at all there's just sag kite man you know um but to go back to something others have mentioned his lowest point i i'm gonna go with the part at least uh you know for this one despite many other things that happen in the episode being called a kite fucking freak like that that has to sort of just you know that's not quite cricket that, that's got to hit you below the belt just a bit you know what i mean like come on <laughs> like you know it's like last episode making the claim that batman fucks bats like you know i feel like kind of taking the guy's thing and then making you know a sexual thing out of his his you know identity the guy likes kites. Doesn't mean he has to fuck him. And if he does fuck him, it doesn't make him a bad guy. I mean, let love be love. There should be more love, right? All right. So as far you as kite love man, your kites, he's not a genius. Love What's kites. that? I said you can love your kites. Just don't love your kites. Uh, yeah. Well said. That reminds, me, that reminds me of the old, what was that? The Truth About Cats and Dogs? Yeah. Where, where he, she's like, 
so you're talking about a tongue bath with your dog. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, how long do those last? He's like, three or four hours. Why? I get all these relts afterwards. She's like, yeah, there's a difference between loving your pet and loving. Yeah, thanks, Brad. That was hot. Way to bring it back. Way for that Janine Garofalo moment. Let's work in a couple of those. Just, you know, hey, guys. Boom. Mic drop. Brad smacks it down. I love it. Um, let's continue, shall we? Steve, do you have do you have anything for Kite Man? I both want to defend him and give him a good shake at the same time because, yeah, so many low points, bless his heart. I mean, yeah, the, the, the stripping down in the apartment was bad enough, but then the poor guy gets dropped through a skylight, lands like a pretzel. I don't even want to think about how many broken bones he has and all because he wants a date with, with a with ivy and it's just fantastic but the best part of it is throughout the whole thing ivy is so deadpan and like oh for fuck's sake this 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 guy please just get 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 him away from me but she even starts to melt a little bit where they're flying over the park she's actually succumbing to his incredibly awful charms i mean I was socially awkward, but seriously, I would want this guy as a wingman when I was a teenager because he would make me look like an absolute fucking superstar. (laughs) (laughs) What a guy to have with you. So bless you, Kite Man. Hell yeah. (laughs) What about you, (laughs) Kelly? How do you defend this man? You know what, Seth, you sort of... You put an idea in my head that because I the whole time we're thinking dark right, thoughts. He's just, I warned you, dark it. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hive mind seeping in. But was this actually a plan? Was he? Did he know who Poison Ivy was the whole time? And did he know that we're gonna have to go back to her place if I poison these kids? Because he's at a party Ooh. for Billy, right? Like he's with the Legion of Doom, so there has to be something that makes him evil, which might mean that he's willing. To poison some kids to get laid i i mean what do you guys think is that crazy uh, that's genius yeah <laughs> uh, man i i uh i, I want to like that character a little more and I, I think that if he would do that i wouldn't like him as much so i want to say no <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Good. well this is seth you you put this conspiracy theory in my head so as we move forward and I start picking up clues that aren't there, you are to blame. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that because I have no problem saying, yeah, this is exactly what he might have been thinking as frat boy bro. Um, you know, he's just like hottest girl I've ever seen. Uh, how do I make the best move? Oh, my God, this is this poison stuff. Got it. Poison kids have to get an antidote. Make the move. And I'm not saying it's beautiful. I'm not saying it's brilliant. But, you know, I'm sure at the end of it, he was like, a plus B equals yes, score, kite man, hell yeah. And I'm pretty, yeah. that's about as far as he thought it out. Like A, B, yes, mine. And yeah, I, I could really see him going with that just sort of spontaneity. <laughs> oh, God. Is this, I, I have to wonder, and Kendra, I'm so glad there's another girl on the show because sometimes things come up and in this episode specifically, I mean, guys, really, is this how... Is this how plans are formulated? If, if you see a girl you like or, you know, when you were in high school, college, if you had a crush on somebody, was it really just that 
narrow of a plan where it's like, this will do this, and that's all that matters. <laughs> nope. I had a friend, a really, a really sad friend who would always make a plan. He would see a girl and then he would point to the rest of us around him and be like, okay, how the rest can you guys, can you humiliate yourself so I can look amazing and try and get this girl's attention? And then, you know, I've got it from there. And you just sitting there going, how do you know she's looking at you? And he just look at everybody and go, who else is she looking at? And you're like, this is our friend. This is, of course, this is our guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> as far as he was concerned, they were all in love with him and he was in love with them all. And um, yeah, yeah, I learned a lot of what never to do just by watching and listening and paying attention. You know, it's like one of your friends has like, you know, that early marriage, not so great idea. We, we met, we got married three days later and you're like, wow, I'm learning a lot from you of what never to do when it comes to any of this relationship stuff. Yeah, he was the guy like, you know, um, so yeah, they're out there. Ladies, be careful. Men, be careful. People. Be careful. I, I've, I've seen them at work. They're not pretty. They think they are. And that's the danger for you. <laughs> think all of your plans through. Think, <laughs> things that you do cause other things that happen. <laughs> that is, boy or girl, that is the most important thing to remember. Especially in coming off of that relationship-wise, we, we know that Poison Ivy is deep down meant for someone else. Can you guys think of anyone else in the DC universe that would be a good fit for Kite Man when the inevitable loss happens, Brad? Oh, uh, man, you're catching me off guard with these questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Pokemon. I've been thinking about this all day. <laughs> Kelly's got a play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe Polka Dot Man, Killer Moth. Killer Moth. They both can fly, kind of. <laughs> all right all right fair enough seth what about you or wait seth i skipped kendra darn it kendra. Kendra. come on now come on i'm not doing that don't make me complicit um, so because i think hey hey is kelly and I'm, like, well, I'm at the end so then clearly kendra's at the end with kelly but no kendra <laughs> i'm trying not to last one here i'm so sorry no i mean <laughs> If, if we're going to go way out of left field, I'd put him with Squirrel Girl. Oh, I like that. Awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> I think they'd get along. It'd be like Rocket and Groot. <laughs> That's all right. So crossing yeah. comics here, too. This, all right. So crossing the whole universe of comics. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that's a much bigger playpen in which to bounce around and spring off of those bouncy, cool sort of accordion walls they have. Um, I was stuck in D.C., and to be honest, actually, going back to my old 90s Justice League, the only person I knew who could handle a hothead, or at least one who could use some cooling down, was Ice. I mean, she did an amazing job on Guy Gardner. So I really think she's got that sweet nature, sort of like, oh, kite man, blush, frosted down a little bit and sort of done so that was that was my original i'm sure i can come up with someone you know as we continue through the i think this should be a recurring question i'm not putting any pressure on future hosts but kelly i think you've come on to a good one episode by episode who can we possibly see the more we see of kite man who can we see being his opposite when he eventually blows it with ivy because it's just doomed but 
yeah, for right now, I'm sticking with ice. Uh, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm not going to try and stretch my brain anymore because it's small and it doesn't like it. Steve? Hmm, interesting. It's funny, actually, Seth, because you were thinking ice. I was thinking Killer Frost um, for very similar reasons. Lovely. But then the mighty Kendra threw a gigantic spanner into the works by introducing a Marvel character. So I have to pair him with the other shit gimmick character from the Marvel universe, Stiltman. What a pair. <laughs> O-M-F-G. Bang. Can you imagine? Oh, they take their love to new heights. That's beautiful. <laughs> Listen, your dark mind is spreading. You, you, you're, you're spreading the dark thoughts into my brain. Singleton is. Oh, Kendra. Okay, uh, oh, see, I've, I've lost my fucking mind. Uh, <laughs> this is why I mix up you and Seth all the time. I, I think S. <laughs> Warning, I'm in Shit. My dark thoughts are spreading. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think... Initially, I was going to go with actually, um, I mean, she, she might be a little young, but Mish, uh, Mish mm, we are messing up all the letters. Miss Martian, just off from Young Justice, she's Ooh. so enthusiastic and cute uh-huh. and, like, and, you know, talks to herself in third person, just like Kite Man. So he, she would be yeah. like, hello, Megan, and he would be like, Kite Man, Whoa. hell yeah. <laughs> now, I just we all know he likes green skin. It's this true. is true. See, I like it. Right. Wow. It's it's like one of those terrible dating shows, but with DC characters. We just have to keep the bracket going. And actually, if I'm going outside of DC, I would say that this is one I haven't read in a while. But um, from Image, have have any of you guys read Bomb Queen? Oh, it's been a while, but yeah. That's I I could see them being a good mix because he just wants to admire somebody, and all she wants is to be admired and. You know, murder. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a love story waiting to be told. <laughs> the match made in supervillain heaven. Although I still don't see how Kite Man's a supervillain yet. I assume we're going to get there. But in any case, he and Ivy are off on their escapades. Harley is having some unfortunate escapades of her own back at the bar mitzvah. Um, I mean, did... Did you guys cringe at just the overall teen awkwardness of watching poor Joshua try to not only assert that he had finger banged somebody, but not be able to explain it while pointing a gun at someone tied to a chair in front of all of his friends and family? And also, who is in the background? And they can't possibly all be supervillains, and the normal people in that crowd look horrified. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did. They looked horrified. (laughs) <laughs> and let's face it, there was a lot of horrifying things going on. The bloodied guards and the broken legs and the gun and, the, and poor Joshua talking about finger banging. Poor guy. Um, but I, my favorite thing about this scene is just how well Harley played him. Like she just knew the exact buttons to press. Uh, and it was just, that was just so much fun to watch. <laughs> that is very true, I think. Once you've come out of puberty, you know how it works well enough to be able to pinpoint. Like, that was the most fun thing about when my little brother was, you know, getting older and growing up. He would say something or tell me something that wasn't true, and I'd just look at him, and I would, like, you can just tell in their voice, in their (laughs) demeanor. It's like, kid, I have tried this same thing, and I know that you're lying. (laughs) 
<laughs> Kendra, what about you? How was the, the teen angst? He was so, so, like, valiant in it, though. Like, he was so ready to, to like, almost die for his right to have said that he finger-banged this girl. <laughs> Like it, it was it was wonderful to watch. Poor Harley. Like she she keeps her calm throughout it all. <laughs> but watching this kid like internally combust, it was wonderful. Wonderful. And then of course, you know, he's trying to keep whatever he has, whatever, you know, <laughs> as sacred as he can. But, you know, you've got your uncle, you've got all of the Legion of Doom here for a bar mitzvah, and this is the most exciting thing to have happened is watching a kid with a gun say, yes, I did this. Corbett's <laughs> <laughs> cobble pot. She's like, what? <laughs> the one scene they show her face. <laughs> That's, I feel like that is exactly how my mother would have looked in the same situation. Just what in the world is my son saying? <laughs> Never mind the gun. No one seems concerned about the murder. They're all sweating it over the finger banging part. Right, but it's just it's more fuel to his, his fire, and that's what makes this scene so perfect because here's his mom behind him, just like, What did you say? And South Park just rings out that bus driver, What did you say? That's all that matters. That's all that matters at this point is that. Her son has entered this puberty, and he's he's gonna die on this hill. That's the mountain he's gonna die on. <laughs> Seth, where did where did you fall on this? What was who who in the crowd did you relate to? What did you take away? You know, the first thing I'm gonna come to is uh, this poor little guy is staring at a woman who just beat up his entire caper. Like the whole plan was for him to go in and quote unquote rob the mint of a uh, you know Gotham Chuckle Hut improv troupe, which she has dismantled, and now she's tied to a chair. You've got the gun, and she's going to go ahead and double down on the finger blasting that was brought up by his buddies over at the Joshua finger blasted buddies table, which was just an <laughs> awkward as all get out explanation of who those people were at that table but then to come back around with her tied in the chair and double down on that was just unbelievable especially when she starts like making a point of saying oh you think finger blasting is awkward by the way i'd only heard it as a young guy as a teenager finger banging so my colloquialism was already just all shot to shit when they got going with that because i was like okay finger blasting sounds so terrible like it just sounds like the you know what are you doing to that person are you shooting them in some way this sounds very unpleasant um and the doubling down on the language are you sure are you sure that you finger blasted somebody are you sure you want to be this uncertain when it comes to a milestone like i was like wow can you say it any more times really the inside of my ears have not turned beet red yet <laughs> i was i was that person who was going oh josh you should have just copped right from the beginning man the longer you fight it like you said kelly you can hear it in the voice you know when someone younger is like yeah, yeah, I can totally have some beer and smokes. Mom said it was cool. And you're like, okay, bro. Like, <laughs> don't don't even fuck around with that shit right now. <laughs> I love you, man. But it's some guy somewhere is going to pull your card on that, and it's just going to get really bad. So before you get into this routine of trying to bullshit your way through, just stop, man. Just stop, because you, you got got. 
But what really wins it for me is the breakdown when he like suddenly falls apart and screams, this isn't what I wanted anyways. And, you know, we should have gotten him the dollhouse. We should have got it's not a dollhouse. It's an action play set with real sounds. And, and that that was probably actually I think I heard young Bane right then. Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was like that. It's not a dollhouse. Like there was just something god awful beautiful about that. But the way that she knew, like, oh, I'm I'm someone who understands how the human brain works and how psyches work. Oh, did I hit a nerve center with finger blast? Beep, finger blast. Say it again. Say it again. Hi. How's your triggered finger doing? How you doing? Umbrella getting it? Like, it was just so much about the idea of, oh, you don't like that when I flick your ear? Flick your ear. Flick your ear. Flick your ear. <laughs> Steve, how about you, boss? Everything you just said is like everyone's had that kid that there's that's their friend who just comes out with whoppers of lies just to either fit in or be part of the gang. And I'm glad that you also were confused by the whole finger blasting thing, because I whenever I hear that, I just keep thinking of people pointing at think, Is that what you do in summer camp in America? Um, what? Sounds what, rather what, innocent. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Why is he getting so embarrassed? But oh, no, I just got my wires crossed, as I always do. Um, yes, uh, that poor kid. Um, and you feel for it, but you also think, Stop telling lies, fucker. Then you'll be fine. Just just be be honest. Tell the truth. Uh, but yeah, Harley had his number. And that's the part of her I love when she's not just kooky or crazy. She's a genius. She's a criminal psychologist. And I love her. But um, pew, 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 pew. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, I think I just, again, in this scene, I just kept seeing different lies my younger brother told me when he was in high school. I would come home from college and we'd sit and talk and he would tell me something and I'd be like, you, you're lying about that. Like once it was, I, I had a handle of vodka that I brought home with me and I wasn't 21 yet, so I shouldn't have had it. But Daniel was like, yeah, I've, uh, I've drank. Mom and dad let me have a sip every now and then. And I'm like, Daniel, mom and dad don't drink outside of church. They've never had alcohol in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, yeah, no, like dad brought something home. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I watch this and I'm like, oh, kid. <laughs> it's, it's such a hilarious takeaway. And I'm sure at some point when I was in high school, I've been the same type of liar. And, and actually, I can think of a good one when I was in maybe my junior year of high school. Um, you know, me and my friends were staying out really late. We'd all just got our driver's license. So we would just drive around and do nothing till like three o'clock in the morning. So I called my parents once and said, hey, I'm going to be home really late. We're going to see a movie that starts at midnight. And I get home, my dad's sitting up and he's like, oh yeah, what movie did you see? How was it? And I added this one extra little detail to my lie. I said, we were at a specific movie theater. My dad turns around and goes, that movie theater is closed, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) And Spun out from there. <laughs> I turned into Joshua with the yeah. Well, it was it wasn't that one. It was the one uh, uh, next to it. <laughs> so I, I feel for Joshua. I really do. Um, you know, it's one it's, of those lovely moments when someone says, "Do you need a shovel? Do you?" <laughs> 
just digging your gr- that's what whenever I do whenever I mess something up at work now I'm the first person to say yeah it was me because I've watched people dig their own graves and I'm like look I learned this lesson at 15 just don't just admit it say whatever you did wrong or didn't do right he didn't even start that lie that poor kid <laughs> in either case who would you guys say had the most frustrating night and I, I would put it between Ivy and Harley, but there's probably some other characters, including Mrs. Cobblepot, who might be having a, you know, a rough time. Brad, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's a tie between Harley and Ivy and Joshua. I mean, that was a pretty big <laughs> event in his life that was kind of really mm-hmm. went down the shitter quick. So <laughs> I would say it's a tie between those three for sure. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Kendra? I was going to say all of Joshua's friends, but they kind of got to Mac with Ivy, so that throws them off the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to have to say that I'm, I'm torn between Ivy and Harley, too. I mean, both of them really got got some real good life lessons this episode. So, <laughs> Seth, what about you? I'm torn, but, you know, part of me thinks that actually it, through all of it, I think Kite Man might have gotten it the worst. Um, to start with... Your plan is to poison kids. That That's just like slap one, right? Two, then get naked in woman you've just met's apartment and make a play. And then strike out. Okay, so put your clothes back on. Get mocked while flying her back to it, especially about how it's actually really beautiful up there when you just shut the fuck up. And then after he um, is tossed onto Penguin to, you know, help break things up, through a skylight, literally. Uh, then the only person he gets paired off in the big fight scene is against Bane. In fact, he even tries to go for the on-site coordinator. He's like, I got yeah. that bitch. I got it. I'm, I'm going to take her down. So Smackdown. And instead, you, you cut to Bane. Why are you screwing around with Kite Man? He's like, why? He was, he was antagonizing me. He was attacking me. And he's just like beating him up with his own hand, doing that, you know, why are you hitting yourself thing? <laughs> and as he's just smacking around, I'm thinking, you know, I don't think Kite Man has insurance, one, for the fall through the skylight or two to everything that Bane's doing to him. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Um, he had a rough night, and I'm pretty sure at the end of it, it's not like he got a number or something at the end of this episode. It's not like after all of his hard work or after looking like an idiot, she's like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should go for a bite, and I can actually find out if you're a decent human being when you're not trying to take your clothes off. But, yeah, he didn't even really get that. So you got you to gotta feel – I feel for the guy. I, I, I feel for Kite Man. <laughs> he, he wasn't thinking. He continued to not think. Then he got hurt, continued to not think, and now is really just beaten up and probably hasn't figured out why he didn't think any of this through. Steve, how about you? I was actually thinking about um, all of Joshua's friends because poor kids were a step away from death and they were all got turned into plant creatures. But I have to be said that those kids actually probably – really got wood after they were cured but let's just get off that subject completely and um definitely poor old kite man yeah he had a shitty night and poor old joshua bar mitzvah from hell um yeah i i, I love every character and uh, mrs cobblepot you're a saint i love you uh, what about you kelly i think i i have to say 
Ivy on the grounds that she didn't want to do any of this to begin with. And I just, I have been this friend who has been trying to, you know, be there for somebody who's gone through a bad breakup and you end up on this ridiculous harebrained scheme through, I mean, it's, I, wherever, whatever town you're in, whatever from, in my case, it was just going from bar to bar and the most ridiculous stuff and my friend getting drunker and drunker and me being like, I'm just here for support. But then you end up in some strange person's basement watching like Teletubbies on a VHS tape. And it's like, what am I doing? Why am I here? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) That happened to, you know, a few of us. (laughs) That's why I feel for Ivy, because it's, you know, she just wanted to hang out with her friend. And now she's at a kid's bar mitzvah with a guy dressed like a kite chasing her around who's naked in her bed. There's these poisoned kids. She has to kiss a bunch of 12 year olds. And I mean, this is, this is a shitty night. That, that sucks. That's the type of night where you get home and you just lay there in the dark for a minute. Like, what am I doing as a whole, as a person? And who are my friends? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what makes her so endearing is she's such a good friend. Because I probably would have been out after this episode, honestly. I would have been like, you know what? I'm here for you. Text me. But I'm not yeah. going to any more bar mitzvahs. <laughs> That's the thing about Ivy. She always gets roped into the schemes. <laughs> always. Right, like, it's like everyone's like, come on. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. You're smart enough, but you still go along with it. Has she had a second of fun in this show yet? I mean, not yet, but it. That's the other thing I want to look at as we go is, has Ivy had any fun yet? I think deep down she's having a lot of fun or she wouldn't keep doing going along with the schemes because it's not like she's not strong enough to say no. So the thing is, like deep down, she's loving it. <laughs> That's fair. That's true. The deadpan oh. people tend to hide really, really gung-ho underneath sides. Well, and that's always been something that's always been fun with, with Ivy and, and Harley's relationship is Harley is this spontaneous go out and do it, balls to the wall, nobody cares, what happens happens, you only live once, yelling down with a gun. But Ivy has always been, you know, very, very self-controlled. And I think that Harley helps Ivy live vicariously. It's supposed to be through Harley, but Harley drags her along, so there is no living through her. She's living with her. And I think that that's something really cool that this show brings to light is you get to see both of them play off of it. And yes, Ivy will sit back and be like, are you kidding me? Or in terms of Kite Man, you know, when Harley says she doesn't want to do a a scheme with you because you're stupid. And he's like, well, do you think that? And Ivy's like, well, don't you? (laughs) They're they're just the the perfect. Yeah, I think, I mean, that that is a fantastic point. That's part of what makes, Harley and Ivy so well matched and that's part of what makes Kite Man so doomed because it's the the Harley Ivy train cannot be stopped and I'm really excited as we get into season two to sort of you know see how else that develops but as we close out with season one episode two what would you guys say the I the the phrase what what sort of tagline sums up this episode for you Brad? I don't know if it's a tagline, but um, keeping in the whole Bane is my favorite character. Uh, I loved at the end when Harley and, uh, 
uh, Harley and Ivy were talking and uh, says, oh, Bane said, you go, girl. No, he said, oh, Gogurt. And I could totally <laughs> see Bane eating Gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gogurt. Mm. Wow, Seth, your Bane is on point. Yeah, my God. You got a pretty good Bane going on. It's so, Bane I don't dips. know what it was. It spoke to me in, in the most righteous and soul-identifying ways. Um, there was something just beautiful about it. Like he, he's just that, you know, whoa. It's, it's just there, man. I can't explain it. <laughs> What was your what was your tagline, Kendra? Mine's a tie, and I'm trying really hard to remember exactly how he says it. But my first one I remember very vividly, and it's the opening of the episode. And all it is is it's a coffee mug, and I, everyone that I know has a coffee mug that has some kind of life <laughs> saying on it. But Bane's is life, because his is caffeine is my reckoning, and I don't know anyone who can't identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is very true. Actually, I, I think the attention they put to the mugs in this show is worthy of praise in and of itself. Every mug is just adorable. It is. They find the <laughs> cutest things, and it's just like you would never expect Vane to have this mug. It would be like, <laughs> boom, blow it up, or something Call of Duty reference. But it's it's beautiful because it's just caffeine is my reckoning. And you just see it coming. What I want to know is, did someone buy it for him? Or did he go out and purchase this himself? Like, was he in some little, like, uh, souvenir store and went, mm, yes, caffeine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd love to know. Some barista messed up his order and that was payment for their life. <laughs> <laughs> I won't blow you up if you give me that mug. <laughs> Seth, what about you? I, I think I'm going to have to go with actually something that Penguin said. Um, my catchphrase, you know, for this one is focused on the fact that this wasn't a bar mitzvah. This was a bank mitzvah. And there was something really lovely and wonderful about all these little phrases that were tossed in throughout it that just sort of gave it this extra layer of absurdity when she's on the chair and they're like, no horror for Harley. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I, I love the fact that this is supposed to be a bar mitzvah that's also slash a bank robbery. And in the end, it's a bank mitzvah that's not really any of those things. Joshua does not become a man, shirks away from his whatever, you know, duty is at that moment, drops the gun. It uh, doesn't get to rob the bank. I, I don't know where the good came out of it, but this thing was basically a, a clusterfuck. And for some reason, bank mitzvah or clusterfuck just seemed to work really well for me on that one. So I think that's what I'm going for. Bank mitzvah, clusterfuck. I've spoken. All right. Steve, what about you? Oh, Kendra, thank you so much for bringing up the coffee mug because I, I could just see it now. Uh, uh, you're afraid of darkness? I begin my day with black coffee. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, as for the episode itself, the only thing I can now think of to describe it, my tagline would have to be, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. I'm so sorry. Oh, Kelly, please save me from myself. That's, see, do I actually... This brought up... A thought that I've had every time I've seen this episode, but 
Seth, when you said no horror for Harley, when when I first saw this, I remember thinking, what made the DJ cue up the music when this started? <laughs> it's, it's not playing when they like. At what point did the DJ go? Oh, now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, my um. At, at some point, I'm pretty sure he's just a gentile, and at that moment, he was like, "Wait, they're lifting a chair. This is my cue, my cue, my cue, my cue." <laughs> You know, and everybody but else. I love those BGs. <laughs> you know, they're just all looking at him like, ah, bro, no, wait for the cue, right? Like, wait for the signal, clearly. Ah, ah, nobody did. It five minutes before and was like, all right, when do you play it? When they lift up a chair. There we go. <laughs> Look, dude, you know when you see the put the chair up the air? That's your moment. That's your go-to. And then he's like, chair, 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 hit play. <laughs> wants to believe kite man told him to do that that he asked kite man and kite man was like oh yeah when they lift the chair <laughs> <laughs> bro you don't know oh wow okay so like when they lift the chair like okay <laughs> you got this <laughs> we could go all metaphysical and say but was the music all in harley's head the whole Aww. time <laughs> now that i kind of love <laughs> I think hmm, my tagline would probably be Ivy when she says, uh, and we're off the rails. That's it. That's the whole, I mean, I feel like she had a, she had an idea of where Hurley was going to take this whole thing and then up. Nope. Nope. We're going to crash bar mitzvahs. It's it's a different attitude to villainy. I think very, (laughs) weird you're gonna meet kite man and have a bunch of 13 year olds in love with you chain (laughs) hell yeah well and on that note that brings us to the end of our second episode of mad love the harley quinn cast um i am kelly Gaines, and it has been fucking lovely to be here with all of you (laughs) and my fantastic co-host um, Brad Filicky, Kendra Hale, Seth Singleton, and Steve J. Ray. If you would like to hear more from this crew, they are going to let you know where to find them, Brad. Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. You can also hear me on our regular DC Comics News podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Very nice. And Kendra, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, uh, Kendra Hale. I also do revi- reviews for uh, Fantastic Universe's Dark Knight News. I can be found on Twitter um, and on Facebook, all of all of the lovely social webs. Just look for Kendra Hale. It'll tell you where to go. Very nice. Uh, yeah, let's see. You can find written content from me on DC Comics News. You can find anything else I've written by typing my name, Seth singleton and go with the word story this time in a search engine let me know what you find but if you just want to go ahead and share something either crass silly whatever on a quick response go to twitter i'm one more singleton and yeah you're probably going to want to know more about steve the man is everywhere right steve (laughs) you can most frequently find me trying to dig my way out of arkham with toothpicks no, you can most easily find me by doing a search engine uh, escapade 
by entering the words Steve J. Ray. And there you'll get links to all my news, reviews and interviews, both on DC Comics News and Dark Knight News or on the Twitter at El Stevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. Or every fucking week with this bunch of fucking freaks on the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Or on the much more sensible <laughs> DC Comics News podcast. And my split personality has said enough. Kelly. You can find me doing opinion and editorial pieces for DC Comics News. Also on our other podcast, the DC Comics News podcast, the one that you can let your children listen to, more or less. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at KelGamesWrite. That's K-E-L-G-A-I-N-E-S. W-R-I-T-E. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know who you think Kite Man can end up with, or if you had a bizarre pubescent memory from watching this episode. Hell yeah. And you can find Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast, as well as our main DC Comics News podcast and DC's other great podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. And if you want to follow DC Comics News, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And there is one last thing we like to end our shows with, and we're going to try to do it as clearly as possible. And that is to remind you all to read more comics. <laughs> Have a great fucking night, everybody. Three, two, one.